All right, good morning. morning. That was horrible. Good morning. morning. It's Mother's Day. Can can we get a little bit of energy in here? Good morning. morning. All right, well, welcome. All right, first of all, a couple weeks ago when I was here, I asked a favor of everyone. Anybody remember what that favor is? Anybody remember? All right, so if you guys remember, please help me out real quick. So can we get a couple of families to step up and move up a couple rows? Just kind of come in a little closer. I feel very lonely up here. And then our, um, our official front row member, Kathy, she's going to be away for a couple weeks. So we definitely need some people to take Kathy's spot over up in the first uh, few rows. So, All right. Thank you, guys. And then, men, if you move up, you might even get one of those women's journals that they were giving away downstairs. So, all right, so you might get one of those journals too. So, all right, thank you. Okay, a couple things. Actually, one main thing um, before we get started this morning. Our church dedication, some of you guys were with us a couple weeks ago when I talked about our church dedication. Uh, We were going to, if you're not, if you're new, we recently moved into the space that we're meeting in. Uh, For about nine years, we had been bouncing around and and been in all sorts of different spaces. And so the Lord's kind of finally gave us a permanent spot to be able to set up and have service on Sundays. And so we want to dedicate this space to the Lord. And so we were going to do it on May 23rd, which is in a couple weeks. But instead, we're going to push it back a little bit. We, want to, we really want to do it well. We want to reach out to um, some of the people who've been with us or been a part of our church family in the past. And, you know, we'd love to just see some old faces, some new faces. And so we'd love for you guys to have the opportunity to invite your loved ones, your neighbors as well. So we're going to actually put push back the church dedication to Sunday, June the 13th, okay? So uh, mark, your ca- mark your calendars. We'll have a flyer for you guys to be able to invite people, but our church dedication is going to be on Sunday, June the 13th. All right, and then the other thing that I want to talk about real quick this morning is it's Mother's Day, right? We got some moms here in the house. How many moms do we have in here? We have some mamas up here um, at church this morning. And before we get into God's word this morning, just wanted to say a couple things to the moms that are here. If we have any moms downstairs serving, can we grab those mamas too real quick? Or if we have some moms in the room with their babies, can we grab those moms and, you know, just bring them in real quick? We want to pray over the moms. So if you're watching on one of the TVs in the rooms, um, if you can make your way in real quick. And then also those of you that are watching online at home, just stand up real quick in your living room or wherever you're watching. It'll it'll feel weird, but it'll be okay. But this morning, it's Mother's Day. And yesterday, Christine and I were talking, and we were talking about how blessed we are by each and every one of you, especially those of you who are moms, just watching you ladies and watching your example watching the way that you ladies um, are raising your kids in the Lord, the sacrifices you guys make, the patience you guys have, the focus 
on the Lord and the trust in the Lord for strength for the task that he's given to you? I mean, it's, it, it's such a, a beautiful thing, you know, to watch you women be used of the Lord to raise little ones. And so today, this morning, we want to celebrate you. You know, I pray that when you came in this morning that you felt welcome, that you felt blessed. I know um, you guys should have received a little, a little card with the scripture out of Proverbs 31, and I pray that you would put that somewhere special in your home and that what that card says out of Proverbs 31, that it, that it would truly be, this is what I strive for, this is what I desire to be, you know, a, a woman who loves the Lord, a woman who's after the heart of God. I pray that you would take that journal that you received this morning and that you would use it every time I teach to take note. No, no, no. But I pray that you would use it to have your time with the Lord. You know, when you wake up and spend that time with Jesus and that it would really be a journal of the Lord pouring into you and you pouring into that journal the things that God is speaking to your heart. And then that little... I don't even know what you call it, the little dried palm. I guess that what it, that's what it was, right? With the little dried flowers on it. I pray that it would be a reminder to grow. This morning, we're going to talk about growing in our relationship with the Lord. And I pray that you would put that somewhere. And every once in a while, you'd come across it. And it would simply just be a reminder, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so I'm going to ask the moms to stand up this morning. If you're here, go ahead and stand up. If you're home, like I said, stand up. And we just want to lay hands on you, and we want to pray over you. And so if there's a mom somewhere around you, would you make your way to them and just simply lay your hand on their shoulder? It's okay. We're, we're, we're family. Everybody got masks on, so just, just kind of come. Just lay your hand on someone's shoulder who's a mom. And we want to pray over the moms that are here this morning. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for this morning. God, we thank you so much for just this moment you've given to us to be able to celebrate these wonderful, these beautiful women. These women that you have made, these women that you have called to the special mission, the special task, of being a mom. Lord, these special women that you've given the task of being grandma. These special women, Lord, that you've given the calling of being auntie, of being provider, of being nurturer. Lord, I thank you so much for the calling that you've placed upon their life. And I pray, Lord, a special blessing over each and every one of them. God, that you would watch over them. Lord, that you would bless them. God, that you would speak to them. And Lord, that they would, no matter how hard the calling gets, that they would keep their eyes fixed on you. Lord, that they would spend time in Proverbs 31, seeing, reading what your word has to say about what a godly woman looks like. And Lord, that we wouldn't, that they wouldn't be fashioned or molded or influenced by what this world says a mom looks like. 
but that they would be molded and fashioned by what your word says a mom looks like. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather as a church family and to celebrate and bless each and every one of these moms. And so, Lord, to you be the glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. Let's give these women a hand real quick. That was horrible. These women do so much. Let's give these women a hand this morning real quick. All right, cool. All right, thank you to all the moms. All right, this morning, we're not going to have a special Mother's Day message. Real quick, um, I know a lot of you guys are new or haven't been with us for a long time, but was anybody around maybe about five years ago when we had a, um, it was Mother's Day, I decided to do a special Mother's Day message. And I don't know why, but I decided to get the moms a piñata. And anybody remember, was anyone there that Sunday? And we had the piñata hanging from the ceiling, and for some, re- for some dumb reason, we had the moms go and swing at it. And I think Jessica was the, you, it was you, right? What, was it, you? it wasn't you? Oh, she didn't get a swing. It was her dream when she, she had gone like 30 years of her life without a piñata, and she wanted to um, break the piñata, and I think the person right before her broke it. And anyway, so... I was trying to be a blessing, and yet I just made the trauma even more real in Jessica's life. But it's okay. Anyways, no piñata this morning. That was a very dumb thing to do, but it was fun. But anyways, no Mother's Day message this morning. But we are going to talk about moms during the message. All right, if you have your Bibles, would you go with me over to Proverbs chapter 29? Proverbs chapter 29 And then would you leave something over in Psalm 92? We're going to make our way there eventually. Proverbs 29 and Psalm 92. If you rewind back to the first Sunday of this year, you might remember that the vision that the Lord had given us as a church was that we would be strengthened in 2021. You guys remember that? Hashtag strengthened in 2021. That was our vision. We thought we were about to move into the building. We thought that we were a couple weeks away. We thought, okay, things might start to clear up with COVID, and yet things continued on and lingered a little longer. It took a little longer to get in the building. It's taken a little bit longer for things to kind of get back to normal. But the vision of this year was strengthened in 2021. That was our vision. Now, God's word says this about vision. Go with me over here, Proverbs 29. Take a look at verse 18. Most of you have read this verse before. But it says concerning vision, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. How many of you guys ever read that verse before? Most of us have, right? We've heard that verse. We've read that verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, some have used this verse to emphasize the importance of vision in leadership. Some have used this verse to emphasize the importance of vision or a long-term plan when it comes to church. Because without vision or without a plan, people are doomed to wander aimlessly. Or as it says in the text, people are doomed 
to perish. And in both cases, this verse, it fits, whether leadership or church-wise, it fits nicely. It fits perfectly. The, the visual is people wandering, people moving, yet direction, directionless. The idea is if there is no vision, if there isn't something set out before someone, someone will go about life, and they will go about life, going back to our piñata illustration a moment ago, they will go about life simply blindfolded, swinging. They will go about life just kind of wandering aimlessly. You see, it's important for there to be vision. But when you dig into Proverbs chapter 29 a little further, when you dig into the text, there's a greater problem. And there's a glaring weakness when God's people do not have vision. The vision here in the Hebrew language, which is what it is here, Proverbs chapter 29, the word vision refers to divine communication. So where there is no vision, where there is no divine communication, and this could be speaking in reference to the Lord simply speaking to us through our devotional time. It could be the Lord speaking to us through a dream, speaking to us through revelation, or simply speaking to us through Bible study, alone time with him, sitting at his word, simply communicating to us through his word. Where there is no vision, where there is no divine communication God's word says the people perish now the word perish if you're taking notes this morning it's much stronger than the image of people wandering aimlessly you see that's bad already you know just the whole as I mentioned people kind of wandering around not knowing what to do but in the Hebrew this word perish it speaks of being loosened or living a loosened life and as you live loose it eventually leads to you and I becoming exposed or uncovered and the idea is where there is no vision where there is no divine communication where the vision is where God's when God is not speaking to a person when God is not using a church to communicate his word to people, the people, the church, perishes. Specifically, the church, the people, are left uncovered. Uncovered. You're left exposed. So it's more than, I don't know where I'm going, or I don't know what I'm doing. It's literally, I'm vulnerable. Where there is no vision, I am vulnerable. I am uncovered, exposed to the enemy. And the enemy can come into my life and attack because there's no shielding. There's no cover. This word perish, it's the same Hebrew word that was used in Exodus chapter 32. You guys will remember the story. It's the story of the golden calf incident you guys remember Moses left and the people went crazy and we're told in Exodus chapter 32 verse 25 that when Moses came back 
to see the, to see the people, it says this, Moses saw that the people were running wild. Or literally, they were running without vision. They were perishing. They were uncovered. And it says says that Aaron had let them get out of control, which is the same Hebrew word, meaning Aaron had let them, as a leader, Aaron had let them perish. It says, and so they had become a laughingstock to their enemies. The idea here is when we are left without vision, we're exposed. When we're left without vision, we are vulnerable. We're vulnerable to the enemy. When there is no vision, when there's no hearing from God, when there's no dreams, no revelation, no devotional time, when there's no sitting at Jesus' feet and when there's no growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the image is the people will run wild. The image is the people will live out of control. The image is people will wander aimlessly. People will perish spiritually. And because people are loose and unrestrained, people will become uncovered. And people are exposed as prey for the enemy. My prayer this morning is that each and every one of us would receive vision from the Lord. And that we would be strengthened in our walk with Christ. You see, that's my prayer. When I think of each and every one of you, when I think of this church, my prayer is Lord Give us vision. Lord, give us a passion to be strengthened. God, give us a passion to grow in grace and in knowing you. Lord, Lord, I do not want to see our people vulnerable. Lord, I don't want to see our people uncovered. God, I don't want to see our people exposed. I don't want to see them wandering aimlessly. I don't want to see them running wild. Lord, give them a vision to grow. Give them a vision to be strengthened in the Lord. Without growing in the Lord, give me your eyes for a moment, church. Your spiritual life is vulnerable. Without growing in the Lord, your spiritual life is vulnerable. Since it's Mother's Day, I want to share a story real quick about my mom. Growing up, my mom used to always talk to us about growing. If you want to grow up and be strong, I could hear her voice. If you want to grow up and be healthy, you have to eat vegetables. I mean, my mom used to slang it like she was a dealer. Yeah, I mean, she used to sit there and, like, force us with this whole vegetable thing. As you can tell, my mom died without seeing her baby Randy come to love vegetables. Take a look at this gut. But anyways, but what my mom did was my mom would mix in vegetables in the most unlikeliest of meals. 
I mean, my mom's go-to meal was hamburger helper. Have we got any hamburger helper people out there? Okay. All right, a few of you. Her go-to meal was hamburger helper. And my mom, I, it used to drive me crazy, she would take frozen peas and frozen carrots and mix it in the hamburger helper, thinking that we were going to eat it. The only thing it did was it caused us to sit at the table longer to have to pick it all out. But I remember she'd like, eat your vegetables so that you can grow. Another one of my mom's go-to meals was a chick, this chicken casserole. She put it in the oven, but guess what she put in it? Peas and carrots. And I would sit there and have to pick those out too. I even had a baseball banquet one time. You, you guys ever have those team banquets and everybody got to bring something? Well, we had, a, we had a team banquet for baseball. And all the other kids brought pizza. They brought fried chicken. You know, they brought all that kind of stuff. My mom sent me to this banquet with a tray of penny pasta with some, you guessed it, peas and carrots mixed in. I remember the whole drive there to the banquet just arguing with her. I was so embarrassed. Like, Mom, I'm not going to take this in. Boy, you better take that in. I'm not going to take this in, Mom. Boy, you're going to take that in because I made it. And I remember walking in with this tray and just setting it on the table and, and the dominoes and the chicken and, and, and everything else and just so embarrassed that my mom made me bring pasta with vegetables. My mom, she was concerned with me growing. As a pastor, I'm concerned with you growing. I'm concerned about you being strengthened in 2021 and beyond. For the next few weeks, we're going to be in another little mini-series that I'm calling Let's Grow. Let's Grow. Some of you guys might be wondering, whatever happened to 2 Samuel and David? Well, we're going to get there, but we're kind of in the consequences part of the, 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 the book where things are starting to spiral out of control and just didn't think it was a good Mother's Day message for um, those of you here. So we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there back at the beginning of summer. But we're going to take the next few weeks and we're going to focus on this little mini-series here called Let's Grow. And Let's Grow, really the heart behind it, if you were with us a couple weeks, is that we're also going to, in conjunction with this, we're going to be beginning some grow groups and right now, um, as we've been praying, there's three specific grow groups that we're going to start here at church. One of the grow groups is dedicated to everyone, and we're going to call that group a know and grow group. And that group is going to be focused on the basis of Christianity and apologetics. The, the second group that we're going to start, or second grow group we're going to start, is a group that's dedicated to the married couples here in our church, and we're going to call that one, ready, Growing Together. Oh, how cute, right? I mean, Growing Together. Okay, listen, we, may, we might even have like two little plants in, on, on, the, on the thing, a boy plant and a girl plant holding, holding leaves or something. I, I don't know, but we're, we're still working on the graphics for that, but it's going to be really cute, I promise. Okay, so that'll be our second one. And then our third group that we're going to focus on is a group for our teenagers, and we're going to call this group Oh, you think you've grown. Okay, so that, that, that's going to be the third group for um, our teenage group. Or how about this one? I don't want to hear about how grown you think you are, okay? But anyways, 
I'm actually going to leave the name for that group for its leader. But I really believe that God wants to take our church and each of us within the church and he wants us to grow in our relationship with him. If you haven't got the point that I'm trying to get across yet, church, listen, it's time to grow. Let's grow. Now, the areas that we're going to devote pulpit time or pulpit teaching specifically about growing over the next few weeks are these. Would you write this down? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, we all know the verse. It says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So beginning next week, we're going to focus on growing in grace. And then the following Sunday, we're going to focus on growing in knowledge. And then, would you write this verse down? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is only fitting because your faith is increasing or your faith is growing and the love of each of um, each and every one of you toward one another grows even stronger and so after that we're going to focus on we're going to take a week focusing on growing in faith and then we're going to finish up our little mini series here with growing in love or some of you guys like the word growing in community growing in fellowship with one another now, this morning, I'm treating this time, the remainder of our time together, as sort of more of an intro to the series. So I want to spend the rest of our time together painting a picture for you. You see, there's this beautiful illustration found in Psalm 92. Would you go there with me now this morning? There's this beautiful picture that God's Word gives us out of Psalm 92, and the focus of the text is growing. You see, the picture that God paints is church. It paints church as a place and a space for the righteous to grow. Now, before we get into the specifics of growing in the text, I think it's important for us to start at the beginning of Psalm 92 so that we can sort of develop context. So Psalm 92, would you start with me in verse 1? The psalmist said these words, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Verse 2, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. Let's stop there. So this psalm here in chapter 92 in Psalms, the emphasis of the text is specifically on giving thanks to God through a song. In fact, probably one of my favorite psalms, song, worship songs, out of the Psalms is specifically here out of Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing. Anybody remember that song? No? Okay, sorry. Listen, there's this song, Giving Thanks to God. 
And the people of God would gather and they would actually take this psalms and what was on their heart was thanksgiving. And so they would sing it out to the Lord. It was really a song of thankfulness. And so the next verses that follow here in Psalm 92 all had to do with the specific area in which the people of God were thankful. Now, would you jump with me over verse 12 now? Because we get into another small little portion, this area of the song, of the text, of the psalm, where the people were specifically singing about something that they were thankful for. Take a look at verses 12 through 14. We come to the part of the song where growing is emphasized. Specifically, this song focused on being thankful for the blessing of living a righteous life. Would you take a look at verse 12 with me? It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Let's unpack verse 12 for a moment. There's some words that I want to focus on. The first word, if you have your pen, pencil, highlight, or something that makes a line in verse 12, would you circle, highlight, underline the word righteous? The righteous shall flourish. You see, the whole text here, the song, it has to do with giving thanks to God because those who live a life that is right before God have the opportunity to flourish. You see, one of the things people might ask, or one of the people, one of the conversations that you might have with someone is, why is it important for me to give my life to the Lord? Why is it important that I, some of you guys might use the phrase, get right with God? I mean, I've had this conversation before with people. I've had this conversation with my brothers, with my siblings before. Why? What makes it worth getting right with God? And my response would be flourishing. Flourishing. This word flourishing here, real quickly, it literally speaks of thriving. It speaks of prospering. It, 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 it speaks of coming to this place where, man, everything is blooming. Why is it worth living in a right relationship with Jesus Christ? Because you can thrive in life. You can flourish. You can bloom. One of the things I want to say real quickly to each and every one of us is it's a privilege to live a right life before God. It is a privilege for God to speak into our life, call us to obey him and follow him. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Having done high school ministry, taught high school ministry for 10 years, one of the things that, I, I mean, I think probably the hardest thing, the, the biggest hurdle in teaching teenagers God's word and, and doing youth ministry is getting teenagers to see that following Jesus is a privilege. Most of the time when you're talking to people, especially who are either young or people maybe who are new in the faith or 
I mean, especially people who want nothing to do with God, one of the things that's most difficult is following Jesus can be seen as a burden. All the things you're going to lose. All the things that are going to be taken away. Some people paint Christianity as this big, long list of things you can't do in life, and that's it. And you see, when you look at Christianity through that lens, of course it's a burden. Because you just took away everything from me. Everything that my flesh enjoys, you took it away from me. Everything that I I was waiting to turn 18 to do, you just took it away from me. All the things when I was 12 and I said, man, I can't wait till I'm 21, you just took it away from me. You see, when we paint Christianity as this list of things that I'm no longer allowed to do, Christianity, following Jesus, becomes burdensome. Yet, would you write this verse down? 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, it says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commands, yes, and that his commandments are not burdensome. You see, the commands, the word of God, as it's poured out into our heart and as the Holy Spirit begins to convict and work in our life, that work is not meant to be a burdensome work. These are not burdensome commands. These are commands. These are teachings. These are areas of obedience. So that will bloom. So that will flourish. So that will strive or or thrive. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 14 years old. In fact, my spiritual birthday was last week, April 30th, 1994. I was a freshman in high school. And I remember giving my life to the Lord. And yet when I went into it, there was this mentality of, I wasn't excited. I was just more scared of hell, to be honest with you guys. But I wasn't excited. And so for the first couple years, I treated walking with Jesus like it was this burden, but it meant I didn't have to go to hell and I could go to heaven. And so, you know, God started working in my life. Well, I had some other friends at that time when I was 14 that I was hanging around with. And these were, you know, these were my guys since like fourth grade. And now we're freshman year of high school. And all of a sudden, Randy was turning, turning into a church boy. And all my other friends started going in different directions but I had to keep my list. You know, I had to stay away from certain things because I didn't want to go to hell. And my friends started drifting into other things, whether it was party scenes, drugs, uh, sexual relationships, gangs. That that was a big one. And I just remember staying away because I was now the church boy. And, you know... Being the church boy wasn't always easy because, you know, the weekend would pass. You'd come back to school on Monday, and you'd have to hear about all the things that happened on the weekend, right? All the things that you missed out on, all the things that you didn't get to experience. Yet, because I was the church boy, I continued to stay away from those things. Well, fast forward about 10 years after high school. You know, I don't have any contact with these people. You know, everybody went their own way. 
By that point, I was probably married. I was serving at church as a pastor. I was um, probably at that time father of three. And I ran into one of my old friends there at Pittburger. Some of you guys know Pittburger if you're from Gardena. I ran into one of my friends from Pittburger at Pittburger and and we caught up, we talked. And, you know, when you haven't seen someone in a long time, the question always is, oh, whatever happened to so-and-so, right? I mean, that's always the question. And so, you know, I went down the list. Oh, so whatever happened to Alfredo? Alfredo used to live about 10 houses down from Pittburgh. And he's all oh, riot. And, and he goes, riot? Because that, that was his, his street name. He said, yeah, riot. Oh, riots in prison. Attempted murder. Like, oh, okay, well... What happened to Frankie? Frankie used to live right across the street. We used to all live on 166 on the railroad tracks at Pittsburgh. And so uh, what happened to Frankie right here? Oh, well, Frankie still actually lives there. You can actually go. You know, he's like 30 years old now and living at home with his parents. And I, I said, oh, well, what's, what's up with Frankie? Oh, well, Frank, Frankie's not married, but Frankie has a few kids with about four different girls. And, you know, and, and, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, okay, Frankie's a dad, okay? But... And then I said, oh, whatever happened to Arturo? And, and, oh, Arturo, you know, Arturo, when we were in high school, was very much into the whole party scene. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, Arturo, you know, he kept going down that path and clubs and all that stuff. And, yeah, Arturo has HIV now. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow. You see, for me, that was my crew. That was my crew. And I remember thinking at the time, man, what a burden following God. Man, what a bummer it is to follow God, but I don't want to go to hell. Fast forward. I look back at our lives, and I can tell you guys now, 10, 15, 20 years later, it wasn't a burden to follow Jesus, it was a blessing. I can tell you it wasn't a burden to follow Jesus, but Jesus was calling me to flourish. God was calling me to thrive. And the only way that that would happen was in a right relationship with him. You know, this morning, some of you might be here and you might feel like, man, this feels like a burden. Or, man, my wife keeps constantly dragging me here. But I'll tell you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the life. And so it says here in verse 12, the righteous shall flourish. Specifically here in verse 12, notice it with me. It says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Like a palm tree. When we are in a right relationship with God, specifically our text tells us we are like a palm tree. And if you're taking notes this morning, um, I have here in my notes here in front of me, there's three quick lessons I want to share with you guys about a palm tree, specifically there in Israel. Number one, first thing that we can kind of learn from this being compared to a palm tree is number one, specifically David was talking about a date palm in Israel, a date palm. Date palms or date palm trees are where dates, the little, you know, the little 
those little things that you throw in your smoothies, those things, or you put chocolate in them, those little dates grow from palm trees. And so the lesson here for each and every one of us is, hey, God has called us to flourish like a palm tree. What can we get out of this? God has called us to bear fruit. Just like the date palm, God says the righteous will bear fruit in their life, and the righteous will bear fruit from their life. Now, I want to stop here for a second because I think it's important for us to spend a moment talking about this. Is there fruit? You know, what type of fruit is growing from our life? What type of fruit is growing out of us? Are we bearing fruit? I pray that we are. I pray that as we're growing, as we're drawing closer to Christ, that we, that our life would bear fruit. I think one of the most beautiful ways that a Christian bears fruit is when those around them also come to know Christ. When the scent, because let's keep with the illustration here, you're bearing fruit. Fruit smells good. Fruit's attractive. You guys have been on that ride at California Adventure, right? With the, the soaring over California. And, the, and they have that one part of the ride where, they, where you get that little whiff of the orange. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Where it kind of sprays that little scent. And you're like, man, that smells good. You see, for me, I pray that as we bear fruit, those around us would say, man, being around this person, it smells good. There's something attractive about the scent that comes out of our life and that they would be drawn to that scent, that they would want to know, hey, where can I get that scent to? And that it would open doors and opportunities for us to tell people about the Lord. Number two this morning, third, second little quick lesson that we can get from the palm tree. Number two is palm trees are fruitful in the hottest of environments. Palm trees are fruitful in the hottest of environments. And so you stick them out in 90, 100 degree weather. And these things are still flourishing. These things are still growing. And for me, this spoke of for us as Christians, when the intensity of life gets turned up, which I believe that for many of us, you might even be in a season right now where the heat has been turned up in life where the attack from the enemy has been coming, where it feels like one trial after another, and you're like, man, it is hot. Life is hot. When we're like a palm tree, when we're growing in the Lord, we can survive even the hottest of environments. We can survive even the most intense seasons of life. I pray that we'd be like the palm tree. Number three, Quick little lesson to learn from the palm tree. Number three, palm trees are, are deeply rooted. Palm trees are deeply rooted. Last week, Christine and I and our family, we had the opportunity to get away for a little while, and so we headed to Florida. And Florida's known for their palm trees, right? And so we're out there, and, and I remember looking at these things, thinking to myself, man, these things are huge. These things are tall. There were streets lined 
with just the tallest palm trees I'd, I'd ever seen. Yet the thing about Florida and the thing about the Gulf of Mexico and that area where we were is they're known for hurricanes. You know, you turn on the weather channel during a hurricane and you got that crazy guy with the rain jacket on holding on the sun. I'm out here in 100 miles per hour. And you're like, man, how much do they pay those people, right? And you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, why are you doing this? And yet they want to get the shot. They want to be the newscaster on TV. And you look and you think, man, it's strong. These storms are strong. And yet, because these trees are deeply rooted, they survive storms, even the fiercest of storms, and they do not fall. They're tall, they're swayed, but they do not fall. You see, my prayer for us is that we would be like a palm tree, that our roots would go deep, and that even when things come in life to try and sway us, that we would not fall but that we would flourish. Keep reading verse 12. It says, He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, the, the, the picture here is, if you've ever been to Northern California, out in the, the woodsy area, you, you have those redwoods, right? These big, tall, huge, massive um, trees that are just all the way out there, and you can drive through them, and, and you almost feel claustrophobic, right? Because they're so tall and you're surrounded there in your car. But they're massive. They're massive. And the picture here is that we would grow and be strong like a cedar in Lebanon. That we would grow and be strong like a redwood in Northern California. You see, this speaks of being strengthened. Strengthened. Let me say this real quick. I know it's Mother's Day, but I want to talk to the guys real quick. Our wives, our wives need strong men. And they need, and our children need strong dads. And our church here needs strong leaders. And our community, they need strong men. You know, yesterday, we just had our very first practice this season for Nathan's Little League team. You know, and I, I, I love coaching. You know, I'm very passionate about it. And, but I'll tell you guys, even more than my love for baseball, I just, I, I love being out there with these little guys because I feel like the world out there, not, not just in this little box here that we call Coastline, but out there, there's a need for strong men. There's a need for strong men in our communities coaching Little League. There's a need for strong men out there. You know, I, I, I pray that through our church and through our ministry, that the Lord would use this, this, this place to raise up redwood kind of men, if that makes sense. A bunch of redwoods, men of strength. Continue with me in verse 13. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, the image here changes from trees being planted in the ground 
Give me right for a moment, church. To us as the church, to us as Christians, being planted in the house of God and in a strong relationship with Jesus. It says those planted in the house of the Lord. And here comes the word again. They shall flourish in the courts of our God. One of the areas or one, one of the things someone might ask is how do I grow? Or someone might ask, where could I grow? I'll tell you specifically, you might, you might have your feelings about church and the way church goes and the way pastors are and you might have your thoughts on theology or church government or whatever it is. But I'll tell you, ever since the book of Acts, one of the things God has used is the church, the house of God, places of worship for men and women to grow in their relationship with him. Obviously, you can grow without going to church, but it's going to be a lot harder because God has called us to not only grow one-on-one with them, but he uses koinonia, he uses fellowship. He uses, as it says in Proverbs, the sharpening of one another. And you find that in the house of God. He says, would we be planted in the house of God. You want to flourish? Where can I grow? The house of the Lord. Find a home church. Find a, a, a place where teaching the word is emphasized, where worshiping God is priority, where growing and being discipled is a priority. Growing in the house of the Lord. Now, once again, we see this word here in verse 13. If you have your pen, pencils, highlighter, would you circle this word? Because it's mentioned for the second time. It says, when you're planted in the house of God, you'll flourish. There goes that word again. You will flourish. You'll thrive. You'll bloom. You'll prosper spiritually. Give me your eyes for a moment, church. Listen, plant yourself. Plant your family. Plant your marriage where you will thrive. I think some of us, we have this mentality of surviving, not thriving. You don't plant yourself somewhere where, oh man, as long as I survive, as long as I barely make it. No, you plant yourself where you'll thrive. And I'll tell you this morning, planting yourself in the house of the Lord, you'll flourish, you'll thrive. Well, let's finish, verse 14. It says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh, and here it goes again, circle it again, and flourishing. They shall be fresh and flourishing. It's interesting that according to verse 14, Some things do get better as they get older. Not everything gets better when you get older, right? Physically, for most of us, the older we get, it won't get better. Things are going to hurt more. Stuff on top of our head is going to fall out, fall out more. I mean, as we get older, physically, unless you're Justin, I mean, you just have a good set of hair forever. But, I mean, the older we get... Physically, things might not age well. Let's just say it like that. 
But the crazy thing is, according to our text, they shall still bear fruit in old age. Even in old age, we're called to freshness. We're called to flourish. I was sitting with the Lord this week, and when I read this verse, this thought of what are some of the things that get better as you get older? And the Lord specifically, you guys can close your Bibles, we're, we're, we're almost done this morning. Specifically, the place the Lord took my mind was the air of relationships. Most relationships get better as they get older, right? Well, those of you that are married, can I get an amen? Some are like, I think so, I don't know. But, right? As you get older, I pray it gets better. Friendships, I pray that as they get older, unless they join a cult, then they don't get better. But, I mean, as they get older, I pray they get better. Relationships. Even in our old age, God will call us to bear fruit. God will call us to be fresh. God will call us to flourish. Now, as we finish this morning, this is my question. What is the most important relationship in our life? If our, li if our relationship with our spouse can get better as it gets older, if our relationship with our friends, our homies, our closest people can get better as we get older, let me say this. I pray that our relationship with Christ would grow deeper and become more intimate as we get older. And the fruit that comes from that relationship, I pray that it would get sweeter and sweeter even in our old age. I want to finish with this verse this morning. James chapter 4, verse 8. You guys know the text. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. One of the things that the Lord taught me several years ago from James 4.8 is that you and I, we determine the level of closeness that we have with the Lord. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So whatever ounce, whatever level of intimacy you and I desire with God, we can have it. We determine it. Because God desires the greatest level of intimacy with us. God desires the greatest level of closeness with us. He says, but you have to be willing to draw near to me and I'll draw near to you and we'll have this beautiful thing going on. We determine it. One of the things that, you, that I hear from people sometimes is like, well, I don't like where I'm at with the Lord. Well, you determine it. Man, I feel so far from God. We determine it. You guys ever, I know I said I was done. Have you guys ever heard the, the story about the couple that, that had a truck? It was a husband and wife, and the guy always drove. They had the front bench seat, and wife was sitting off on the side, and one day the wife looked over at the husband, and she said, Honey, I feel very distant from you. You know, I'm over here all the way on the other side of the truck, on the other side of the seat. 
And the husband looked over at the wife and said, well, I never moved. He said, if anyone's moved, it's you. She's like, I used to sit so close to you. I used to sit in the middle seat. He's like, but you moved. I've been right here just chilling, driving the truck. If you're over there on the other side of the bench, you moved. And I think it's the same thing for us. Man, I don't feel as close to God as I want to be or as I used to be or when I first started walking with him. You moved. Scoot back in. Some of us got so, com- so, so comfortable being far from God, we put that middle dividing thing down so we can put our, our coffee, you know, in the cup holder. And it's like, get the coffee out, lift that middle thing up, and scoot back in. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Let's grow. Let's grow. Who's down to grow? Uh, I'm down to grow. Who's down to grow this morning? I pray you're down to grow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for just this moment, God, that you've given to us to be able to be here and to study your word. I pray that you would take, Lord, this passage, God, that you would take this theme of growing. And Lord, I pray, God, that within the midst of our teaching this morning, that there was something that each and every one of us could hold on to. That there was something that each and every one of us could say, that's why I came. Or or, that word was for me. Or that's what I needed to hear. I pray that whatever that thing was, God, that we would hold on to it, that we would receive it, that we would not only be hearers, but that we would be doers with it. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we want to grow. But Lord, we don't want to just grow in our knowledge of you. We want to grow in grace. We want to grow in faith. Lord, we want to grow in love. And so God, use these next several weeks here at church to show us, to teach us what it looks like, what it means scripturally to grow in you. So Lord, we love you and we thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's all stand.